Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea. I've got my little Gemini mug here this morning. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. For today, Friday, yay, it's Friday. The weekend is upon us. And we'll also be taking a look then at Saturday and Sunday. But I dare say that the weekend itself, as I look at the transits of what's happening, seems pretty quiet. Quiet as in we've had big moves this week. And I think going into the weekend, we have some time maybe to integrate things that have gone on, uh, aha moments, uh, to take in and let settle through us uh, the things that have occurred. And sometimes that's a good thing, right? It doesn't mean that there isn't action ha happening or taking place out there. It just means we have a moment, a pause, where all we have to do is allow um, things to sink in and to settle within us. And I can tell you from personal experience, this has been already a roller coaster of a day. And I... I feel like I'm going to share that with all of you today because I think it's an interesting um, thing to have happen. And I'm muting this. Thank you. Uh, hello, JLo and Kathleen Mallory, Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. Good to see you three with us. And Asa, I'm sure we'll be checking in. I've kept her quite busy this morning. And hopefully we do not have a recurrence of our troll friends from Wednesday's broadcast. Uh, which, by the way, took me into a darkness that I haven't had in a while. Actually, I was flirting with the edges of darkness for the last couple of weeks. And this is what I want to talk to you all about this morning, besides the usual things that we talk about. I want to talk to you about the power of knowing your astrology and your human design. And I also want to talk to you about the perils of not knowing or at least having some kind of an understanding of who to reach out to when you're experiencing those dark nights of the soul. But first, let's talk about what um, forms the basis of our day today and literally of the weekend. Right now, the moon is in Gemini sitting right about the 24, 25 degree mark. And she has moved into, or will move into, no, she's in it already. She's in the void, which means that for the next several hours, she is not making any new contacts with anything, any other planets. And that means that for the day today, we have this sense of sort of wandering or of uh, not being able to get traction, you know, beneath our feet to move anywhere. It sets us up for a really good day of integration, of contemplation, of quietness, of really just sort of following whatever is opening up for us rather than trying to push ourselves or, you know, propel ourselves forward in some kind of way. So the moon is void from 3.52 a.m. my time this morning, so 6.52 for those of you on the East Coast, and she is in the void until 6.31 p.m. this evening. So literally the whole of the day, 
uh, the moon is sitting in the void. And the way that affects a Friday for all of us, as you know, Fridays are those days we're looking forward to the weekend. It's already hard to keep focused on the work at hand. If you're someone who has to go to work today, then likely there's going to be a struggle between uh, maybe people not showing up or people just not with having ideas or not knowing what to say. And for you, it's the same thing, just sort of this wandering around, nothing getting settled, nothing getting completed. So go with that flow today because to fight against the flow of the moon means that it brings up moods and it brings up issues within us that make it harder for us to move through the day. Now, the only aspect that is being made, and this is after the void is over, will be a trine to Jupiter newly in the sign of Pisces. Did you feel that shift on Thursday? It actually happened about Thursday, I, I want to say about six o'clock p.m. So it was not early in the day, it was later in the day and uh, yesterday. And that shift and it was and the power it brings when a major planet like Jupiter swishes into a new sign. And it may be obvious to some of you how things changed or how you felt about what was happening, but it may not have been as obvious. Remember, we're in Pisces now and Pisces is sort of subtle. There's a subtlety to the energy in Pisces. That means we may not just be able to pick it out right away. Uh, but at some point, things are going to start coming up and you're going to bear witness to these subtle transitions and changes, maybe not so subtle in some people's cases. I got to tell you, I have my trusty journal and it is already full of a whole lot of stuff just from uh, the last few days. So I can imagine how that's going to change and morph and grow as time goes on. And I right now, I just need to say a public thank you to someone. Asa, you have been my lifesaver over these last few weeks, last couple of weeks anyway, uh, especially over these last few days. So I just want to say thank you so much for being there, for being able to help when uh, on Wednesday's broadcast, we had a million trolls peeking in and causing trouble for us. Um, hopefully that doesn't occur today. I'm going back here to say good morning before I go uh, fully launching into the next sign, which is cancer. Um, namaste. Oh, you are logged in as me. I love it. So what you're seeing is living astrology logged in. Asa can better help me uh, moderate what's going on if she's logged in as me. So when you are looking for Asa, she's logged in as living astrology. Amanda J. Good morning, Mimi. Good morning from the gallery. I love it. Um, did you see what I had posted about what ham meant? Probably not JLo because I sunk so low into a melancholy that day, uh, after that broadcast that I couldn't, I just couldn't. So I haven't looked back at it. I haven't, uh, I, I just, no, I couldn't. So I'll, I'll maybe go looking for it now and see if, uh, hopefully it was something funny. Um, JLo says, I did what you had done sort of with the couch when we had the spamming happen. Oh, yeah. See, that was the thing, right? That was so shocking. I mean, this was a Uranus moment, plain and simple, plain and simple, Uranus, shocking, awakening, and uh, with the potential to really raise your ground that you stand on. And I felt raised. I felt um, demoralized. I felt that a lot of things that I felt right. Um, and yet I had to soldier on, I had to complete the broadcast. I couldn't let 
at least in that moment, those kinds of people who engage in that maliciousness, that mischievousness, those Lokis out there, um, take me out. But afterwards, I sunk. I can't use another word. I sunk. And uh, that's partly what I want to talk to you about today, because there's a reason why all of that was happening. And uh, astrology is ultimately the answer why this is happening. Corey, good morning to you. Phantom Chroma, we've missed you too. Uh, great to see you. I hope all is well in your world. Good morning, Christine Buckingham. Augustina, good morning. Mimi says the shift hit me a bit early Wednesday. I was useless and went with it, feeling far more balanced since yesterday afternoon. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Of course, you know, before the planet Jupiter moved into Pisces, it would have been sitting at the 29th degree. Another thought, Asa, that's just occurred to me that the 29th degree, of course, is always a karmic degree. And it's likely going to bring up the uglies um, before it moves off into the new sign. And we're all going to get to experience those uglies once more as uh, Jupiter's forward motion until June 20th. And then on the 21st moves into that retrograde phase where he will eventually, you know, by the month of um, October, be back into Aquarius, finishing that transit and at those same degrees, hanging, if as it were, at those uh, 28, 29 degrees of, of Aquarius for a while. So it'll be, you know, a little more uh, to whatever it was that we've been experiencing over these last couple of days. Andy Girl, good morning, Grand Rising, everyone. Have a great day. J-Lo, in the Yogapedia, I found a definition. I will repost in the Facebook page. No need uh, to go into it in the broadcast. Okay, great. Thank you. That would be awesome. And uh, let me go back now. So there we go. Zoom. Today, as we are sitting in the void, it is going to be a very good time for us, I think, to go back over what things have been happening for us over the last few days, maybe even the last few months, maybe go all the way back to December 21st, when Jupiter and Saturn first made their conjunction at zero degrees of Aquarius. Take a look at where you are compared to where you were then, and um, take that with you you know, into this weekend as we move into a weekend where the moon is going to be in cancer, right? The sign of home and family. And this morning, I really want us to tap into the meaning of cancer energy because it's played a big part in my life here over the last couple of weeks and will continue to play a part in my life. So when we look at cancer, we're talking home and family, but more than home and family, it is our human foundation for connectedness. It is the first instinct that we get to that, that we're supported, that there is a family around us, that we have um, a connection to, to the people in our lives, but to the planet as well, right? To, uh, it's the first that we discover what it is to be at home and how it is that we are all interconnected. And maybe not even using the word interconnected, because I don't think in cancer we discover interconnectedness. I think what we discover is our personal connectedness. And here's where issues can start to happen in the life of a young child. 
where uh, cancer, meaning home and family and mother and nurturing, if in those first seven years, that cancer part of ourselves, and you all have cancer somewhere, you don't have to be a cancer, you don't have to have cancer rising, you don't have to have the moon in cancer, uh, to have cancer be a part of your life, because it's the sign somewhere on a house in your chart. So somewhere, find it, it looks like a little crab or the number 69 sort of laying on its side. It is the part of your chart where you also need to find that connectedness, where there's a foundation that lays that connectedness for you. Now, there's also gut instincts here, right? Our instincts uh, in cancer are about survival, right? They're uh, not, not even taking us into thriving, uh, but into the energy of, of survival. How do we... How do we bond with others in order to further the chances of our survival, the survival of the species, but more than that, our own personal survival, right? How do we, because our originally those, you know, first years of our lives, our food, uh, our getting water, our getting love, our getting uh, a roof over our head are all things that we are dependent upon others to provide for us right? So there's a real rawness, a real tenderness here in the sign of cancer. Um, and also a real potential, a potential threat to our survival, if we aren't part of a family feeling connected and so forth. We've seen the uh, effects of children who are unloved or uncared for or unnurtured in their lives, they end up becoming possibly sociopaths or psychopaths, or they are unable to really create love in their life because they're constantly needing that security or that, that feeling of love and connection. So, so important for us to understand about the sign of cancer is that connectedness. And then to follow our gut instincts in able to find the path for our eventual thriving, but at the very least for our survival. Now, safety and security is a big part of cancer. And by the way, when the moon is in cancer, the moon is in her own domicile. She rules this particular sign. So there's a close connection, right? She is the ruler of cancer. And so she's very powerful when she's moving through the sign of cancer. And the safety and security that cancer is searching for, is longing for, is belonging, belonging, being a part of a family, being a part of a group, being a part of the, the larger earth family. It depends on in your own chart, whether you have more personal planets or more or power in the personal planets or more of the transpersonal or the community orientation uh, or more of the collective orientation in the chart. But either way, the need, the want, the desire to belong is very powerful in humans. And also this concept of protection. So we have belonging, we have the human foundation for connectedness, and we have protection as all a part of our cancer experience. Emotional closeness comes next. And in emotional closeness, we have caring, we have empathy, we have the vulnerability of being in this world, this world, this earth, 
practically screams vulnerability, right? Don't you think that a lot of the things that are happening in our world, even things like wars, you know, the Gaza Strip erupting in um, battles at the moment, uh, are all about the fear we have of being vulnerable, right? That, that of um, protection, right? Of needing more territory or feeling like somebody's going to take our toys away from us. And literally it distills down to that. There may be a whole bunch of other stuff on top of why Israel and Gaza or Palestine are always in this conflict. There's probably more than I can enumerate, but it busts down to its very lowest level, which is a fear a fear that we're not protected, a fear that someone's going to steal something from me or is going to somehow upset my survival, right? That's what it all boils down to. And if we look at that even deeper, then is this is a water sign, we go deeper, we see it's a problem with fear, but it's also a problem of victimhood, victimness, right? Being the victim of someone else, being the victim of or uh, acting ahead of time so that you don't become the victim of somebody else's actions or recklessness or uh, wanting to take your territory or steal your thunder or whatever it is, right? So we have a, a lot that we could look at here in terms of how cancer has played a role in uh, the lives that we're leading. And again, looking for your personal chart, look to the house where this is at, because this is where you might feel a need to protect yourself, where you may feel more vulnerable, more susceptible to not surviving. And in those places, then you may take more steps to protect, right? To um, do the typical crab thing, which is to be hidden in this shell, to be able to pull away and back away from a, a fight or uh, any kind of struggle. There's also intimacy here in this particular sign. And, and the intimacy comes from feeling safe enough to be able to share uh, from your deepest, darkest souls, right? From the needs that you have from those fears. We are human beings, we are gonna have fear. So I don't know that we ever get rid of fear. I mean, I think we come to this planet in some way to address those fears that we have and to be able to work through them one by one. So in this case, being able to have someone in your life that you are intimately connected with, again, we get back to connection, right? We get back to belonging so that we are able to share of that, that more tender, vulnerable place that is within each of us. And then, of course, we have feelings, the moon changeable every day. We see a different face from the moon. By the way, did you guys see the crescent moon last night? Um, she was setting through the trees to my west, and she was setting not long after the sun set because, of course, she's still fairly new. She's very much in the shadow of the sun, so we only see her for a very short period of time. But she was absolutely beautiful and uh, setting um, it reminded me that there's a, a natural cycle that's always going on, one that we can count on. So with the moon, what we can count on is moods, moon moods, right? Moon moods. And that part of that is the changing nature of moods or feeling energy, that it's always in change. It's always in flux, right? From one minute to the next, 
It can be based on thoughts that you're thinking that create an internal change in your mood. It can be something that occurs outside of us that can create a change in our mood, but moods are always changing and accepting of that is a huge part of what happens here with the moon moving through the sign of cancer. Awareness of our own moods, being aware that you're in a mood change or that, that you're experiencing somewhat of a mood and being aware that other people are also moving through these moods and these changes, these shifts in their, um, in their feeling natures. So being sensitive to others and the experiences they're having. This is a sign of nurturing. And here's where things can often go wrong, where the nurturing part um, is missing, right? There's a missing piece to the nurturing, um, or it goes over into over-nurturing or smothering, if you will, uh, smother-mothering, if you will, in some cases where we're so afraid that we are going to fail in our responsibility to our children or to the people that we care for, that we overdo it. We overgive, And when we're overgiving, what are we doing? We're we're decimating our own uh, solidness. We're, we're decimating our own energy. So we have to be very careful that we're balancing um, our sensitivity to others and what they're going through, plus our own emotional nature and how much we're giving to those people in our lives. But nurturing is also about food. It is also about feeding, clothing, sheltering, right? There's a lot of the basic survival things that we need in the sign of cancer, the nurturing of the mother, right? The care, the loving of mother and the, uh, the support that a family or a mother, father um, can bring to you as a growing person, but also as we evolve into adults, um, who are the people that you can count on that are uh, the, the support for you, right? And, you know, we have sayings like no man or woman is an island. And, and that is so true because when we look at the very foundation of cancer energy, it's that we're all in this together and we should all be mutually supporting one another instead of uh, backstabbing and, and fighting with each other and, and taking on, um, you know, the, the worst, in, including wars and, and battles and things like that. When we get to the more negative expression of the sign of cancer, we get into excessive self-protection. Remember cancer has that hard shell, right? That big claw that kind of reach out and bites you um, without you maybe even thinking much about it, the crab you know, grabs to your ankle. Um, and in that we have clinginess energy. So where we may cling to another person, where we may cling to an ideal, uh, where we may cling to something that we have determined is safe. And here we have this opportunity to bring change. Uh, possessiveness, it's a water sign. So we also see possessiveness somewhat in the sign of Scorpio. In fact, I think Scorpio is the one that we really think of as possessive and jealous, but all the water signs hold the potential for this. And remember that Jupiter, the massive planet, the vacuum cleaner of this universe, the big gravitational uh, attractor in our universe, in our solar system, has just moved into a water sign, a sign of emotion, a sign of sensitivity. So all of these things are heightened for us now as we start to move through these next few months. The fear of rejection, 
Also, abandonment. Some of our core issues in, as humans, our core wounds are established in the sign of cancer. Um, a, a lot of people are afraid to give their hearts or to love others because of the fear of rejection. It'll be rejected. People are afraid to even go out and apply for jobs sometimes because of the fear of rejection. The, they fear doing what they love to do or expressing their passions because there's a fear of rejection. Right. Rejection is big here, as well as abandonment. Right. People abandon me. So why should I get close to people? Right. So I build a wall. So in some respects, cancer builds the wall, <laughs> the wall um, in the body. Of course, it rules the breasts and the chest, as well as the pancreas and the stomach and stomach, all of the nervousness in the stomach, uh, stomach issues, there's a correlation here. So I'm not saying that if you're having stomach issues, that it's just, you know, the moon's passage through cancer. Of course, you have to use your own judgment and your own discernment in what's going on in your own personal body. But often when you are experiencing certain things in the body, you can look to the sign that it's in and the pressure that that sign might be under. So if you're feeling upset in the stomach, nervousness in the stomach, it's a possibility it's coming from the moon's transit through cancer. All right, my phone's a buzzing here. I don't know if that's you, Asa. Uh, let's see here. Okay, no, I got that one question. Great. So uh, from Jayla. All right, good. Uh, so let's go check in here. I just am curious, just got to make sure it's only us here this morning. Uh, let's see, we have Amanda J saying cancer is my third house. Retrograde Saturn is also there. So the vulnerability for you in the third house would be about your mind or about how you communicate about what you say or how you say it. So sometimes in that case, it's someone that might have speech impediments or who gets very... Um, stage fright when they need to speak and then their words get all mixed up and turned around or um, gets emotional here's what happens to me often when i get emotional because i have a cancer rising sign when i get emotional my gemini sun which is the ruler of the third house in the chart gets all twisted and i can't say what i'm feeling because i really can't get the clarity around it so amanda in some cases that is what's happening with you and with saturn retrograde there it uh, is also uh, about getting your mind straight, right? Being able to use your mind as a tool and not as a, a weapon against yourself or against others for that matter. I don't think that's your issue though, using your mind as a weapon against yourself. Corey, cancer in the 11th at four degrees. So yours is literally about feeling loved and supported in the context of a group. So, or a network of people. So finding people that you can surround yourself with that um, are of like mind or who are people that you love and you trust. And there's sort of a mutual benefit there by having this, but also you may feel vulnerable or very sensitive to things that have to do with your bigger dreams, right? The big dreams come through the 11th house, your goals, your aspirations, those type of things. Pauline, good morning. She says, I lost track of time. Not unbelievable with Jupiter and Pisces now. Uh, Pauline says, moon lunation born, does that phase of moon powerful for me? Or if not, what does it tell one? Um, the lunation, so the, the cycle, um, the you know, your words get all twisted here. So I'm going to assume that you mean the 
the phase that the moon was in when you were born and how it's affected by the cycle of the transiting moon. I'm hoping that that's what you mean. Um, so in, in that case, the moon's transits, of course, every month the moon is moving through every position of the chart. So naturally it's going to hit your natal moon at some point in time. So that would give you a moon return and a natal uh, new moon, if you will. I mean, a, a transiting new moon, if you will. So it's a time when your energy may feel more pumped up or you uh, have a natural inroad to beginning new things. When your moon is in a phase, let's say you have the, the full moon as your moon phase, then whenever we have the full moon, not it doesn't even have to be in your natal sign, but whenever there's a full moon, you're going to feel it more intensely. So when the moon gets to the, the point that this, the phase in the cycle that it was in, it's almost triggering that phase within you as well. So you have lots of there and the moon moves so quickly is sometimes we just don't recognize that that's been the trigger or that's been the cause of our discomfort uh, or of our joy or whatever it is, right? Sometimes it's that moon that's connected with a planet or connected to something that is um, personal in your personal, in your chart. <clears throat> JLo, guilty of snapping at times. Yes, indeed. I'm sure we all have been. Uh, and thank you, JLo, for the reminder. Please take a moment to hit the like button if you are liking the video. Um, and of course, if you're new joining us, please subscribe. And Pauline says she has cancer in the 12th house. And that would be a very sensitive place, right? The cancer moon um, is in the 12th house is hidden. So there's a lot of hidden um sabotage there's a lot of hidden self-sabotage fears blocks limitations patterns in your life of protection of uh what happens the closer you get to intimacy maybe there's something that you do that ruins that and backs off from it the closer you get to security uh, or feeling safe and secure something in the outer world upsets that or rocks your world and again takes you back to ground zero in having to re-establish uh, that safety and that security um, your 12th house is also a place of the recluse or the um the going inward for contemplation so the moon here would see you probably in cycles of withdrawing and cycles of of coming back out again so that's that's a pretty interesting place to have that valerie joslin i have cancer moon 27 degrees 12th house and so same thing for you valerie as pauline it's a very sensitive place and um both of you pauline and uh valerie depending on the degree i know uh valerie you said yours is 27 degrees but uh pauline you didn't mention the degree but at some point during this weekend then you will have a sort of lunar return of sorts, right? The moon moving past the place in your chart where the moon is. Uh, Pauline, I'm not sure if your moon was in Cancer now that I think about it. You said Cancer's on your 12th house. I don't mean, I, I don't know if you mean that that's where your moon is too, so. Uh, but for Valerie, because you said the moon is there, definitely for you, that's true. This is a weekend, likely not until Sunday. Uh, it may not even be until Monday. Uh, let me check that for you real quick. Yeah, it's probably not going to be until Monday, uh, 5.45 a.m. So between Sunday night and Monday, you will have your sort of moon return, if you will. 
So Pauline says, yes, so correct. You always understand my garbled questions. Thank you. <laughs> the danger is, of course, that I think it means one thing and you meant something else. So always feel free to put me back on the right track uh, in case uh, I went down the wrong track. JLo says, I have the south node exact over my Venus, 11 degrees in the first house. Um, south node, so that puts it in Sagittarius. So you're dealing maybe with things coming up from the past. Um, Let's see, JLo, I can't remember how old you are, but I do believe you're over 40. Ooh, and I apologize if you're not, but I'm pretty sure you are. Um, and that means that you're now having to leave behind the south node and move toward that Gemini north node, which then would be in your seventh house, it looks like, right? Or no, wait, did you say 11 degrees exact in the first? Yes, so it'd be in your seventh house. Um, maybe that's a signal to open up your heart to a more loving relationship let's say uh or if you are not in a current relationship being open to the pathway of creating a new relationship in your life uh jlo uh yes we you did disappear pauline and asa and i fretted for those four months about what happened to you i mean of course our our imaginations went running wild we thought you got covid we thought you moved we thought something happened that you that we made you mad i mean come on i, I my my imagination can go crazy so we were really happy when you showed back up just because we care uh andy girl oh wow i have cancer in my 12th house too chiron is in there also and you know chiron and the moon work really well together. You would think that they would trigger mutually one another. And in some respects they do, but the moon is telling the, the planet Chiron that it's time for healing. So it signals a healing potential as opposed to uh, more of the wound. Pauline, 28 degree cancer, 12th house. So you also have, um, it's funny because you and Valerie um, have your moon at the same degree of cancer or close to it anyway that i have my rising sign at 26 degrees so and that of course plays a big part in the story that i'm going to tell you all here shortly uh valerie says thank you you're welcome jlo around 5 11 pm my time now what was that i might have missed something oh here we go mars is about to be exact 13 degrees to my saturn in the second house for me in cancer and uh you know, Mars and Saturn work well together. Now, the only thing that I can say here is that Mars in transit in Cancer is a slower Mars than, let's say, if he was in Aries, right? When he's in Aries, of course, he owns that territory and he's very powerful in it. When we get to the sign of cancer, it's water, it's more protection oriented. So it slows the action down. Remember when we were talking in the uh, the membership about in the Mars webinar or in the uh, May webinar, we talked about the fact that Mars in cancer is defensive and moody. So now he is hitting up your natal Saturn in that second house, taking a check here about where maybe you've been overly protected or overly protective, or where you still have holes perhaps in the foundation of your financial life, particularly because the second house is about finances, it is about your resources, your earning power. So take a check, right, that Mars can maybe spur on some action to help defend you, and I'll, I'll speak to the, a defense in just a minute, but help defend you or protect you from financial 
loss or financial issues. When we get to defense, that's a tricky, slippery slope, isn't it, right? Because defense suggests that something, some part of me is in, uh, is afraid or is in fear, and I need to defend myself. It's the classic example of where wars begin, right? Because of the fear that I'm not protected, that someone is going to steal my resources, and so I must defend myself at all costs. But defense has another purpose. It's about really claiming your authority and coming from a position of power or empowerment. So at this point, I would say while Mars is in a little bit of a debilitated state, it allows some changes when he connects with Saturn that help you feel more solid to uh, help you shore up any weaknesses in your financial defense, if you will. Right. So making sure maybe you can go back now, look at your budget. Are there holes? Am I leaking, um, hemorrhaging, you know, finances somewhere? And it's not just money either. It's self-worth in the second house. It's uh, about the other resources that you have, time, uh, energy, where may there be some issues that you need to go into and look at to shore up yourself, right? To make sure that you are not in a weakened position in that particular place of your chart. Um, Saturn does confer strength. It confers uh, the, the perseverance and endurance, right? And Mars can come along and help either trigger continued endurance or expose those weaknesses. So take a look at that. Uh, Andy girl, six degrees, Chiron in cancer in the 12th house. Definitely. Uh, that's funny. I have six, I have cancer at six. I mean, I have Chiron at six degrees as well, only of Pisces, not cancer, but another water sign. Uh, okay. Lenny's brilliant, sparkling light. Hello. It's good to see you. Uh, just popping in to say hello. Nice to see you and catch you live. It's great to see you too. We miss you. Um, Pauline says, total out of the blue question, connection, Juno and Jupiter relationship, uh, the divine feminine to the divine masculine, that applies to synastry for twin flames or sacred union soulmates or soul families. Uh, I'm sure there is a powerful connection. You know, um, I don't know as much about the goddesses as I should, or of the um, asteroids as I should. Now, Juno, I know, is what we consider the marriage planet often. Uh, she is uh, very indicated in relationships of sacred unions like twin flame or uh, soul, um, what do you call them? Soulmates. And uh, yet, uh, when we're looking at all of the goddesses now, they're having an effect on us to really call us to claim our divine feminine. And the divine feminine in her own right does not need the divine masculine. She needs to be in balance with the divine masculine, but neither one necessarily is in a position of need. The need is to be balanced and everybody being able to play from their power sources, from their power base. So Juno and Jupiter here, um, likely creating in a synastry a, a pathway for connection between a couple. And for those of you who don't know what synastry is, it's a method that we use in astrology to uh, determine what planets draw you together with another person. So uh, when you look at a chart in synastry, what you're seeing is you know one person's chart in the center, 
another person's chart on the outer wheel. And when we look at the planetary connections, you can see what drew them together. You can also see what houses are connected. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, thing to look at. And in Sinistry, we can see where often the danger points are going to be or the, the, the conflicts. And we can also see what uh, all the beauty is in the relationship. So it's one of those fun things that we can look at. JLo says, makes sense. I have been doing that and trying to cut off what I do not need and also making space to enjoy a little me space, which I have not done in those in, in years past. Awesome, right? This is so awesome. That's exactly what this would mean for you. Um, so enjoy that, right? Nothing to fear there. Uh, nothing to fear at all. Uh, okay, so uh, let's go back here and finish up because the weekend has more than uh, today has more than just, of course, cancer energy. Uh, I'll, I am still interested to hear, you know, your experiences with cancer energy or what's going on in your chart. Um, let Asa know if you have a specific question. Uh, today, as we look at the planet Venus, uh, you may have seen her, right? If you are, if you have a low Western horizon that you can view, right? In my area of the world, I've got to go to specific places to be able to see that Western horizon because I'm surrounded by big trees and mountains, etc. And from my view here at my home, I can't see the Western horizon uh, because there are islands out there that block that, that low horizon. But if I get out to one specific place, I can see it. And, um, Venus is in a new phase where it's the, it's called rebirth. She's in her rebirth phase. And in the rebirth phase, she begins to pull away out of the glare of the sun at first slowly. So we're just now starting to catch a glimpse of her in the evening sky. In fact, last night, it was funny. I went to bed and I happened, I can see through the slats of my, uh, my blinds. And I thought I saw her up in the sky and I went, no, that, that can't be Venus because she can't be that high yet. And indeed it was a plane flying across the sky because it wasn't there when I actually pulled the drape and looked. Uh, so I, I'm aware that I'm looking for Venus and I feel like a lot of us now are in this process of rebirthing and we're looking for our Venus. We're looking to see where she is uh, because we've missed her, right? She was in the morning phase. She flipped over into the superior conjunction with the sun where she was behind the sun and not visible from earth at all. And she is just now coming to the point where she is peeking out we're seeing her now for the first times. And that puts us in a phase of rebirthing. Now, Venus and her cycle like this has nothing to do necessarily with your chart. So you're not going to see a Venus rebirth in your chart, except to look and see, well, where, where is she? Right now, she's in uh, the sign of Gemini. In fact, she's really, what, just barely in there, six degrees, I think, of Gemini right now. Uh, yep. Yeah six degrees, almost seven degrees. So she's in her early stage of moving through the sign of Gemini. And it was in Gemini that she retrograded last year. And so Gemini, it's appropriate that she's reemerging into the light of the evening sky, having gone through her retrograde phase and starting the process of her rebirth. So what is it about Gemini that gives her rebirthing energy, the birth of new ideas? right? The new possibilities, perhaps. 
And for all of us, then, at least for this moment in time, starting today and moving on till next Friday, because this is really only an eight-day process where she's in her rebirthing phase. The next phase she comes to is about not rebirthing, but well, now I have to look because I totally lost my brain for a moment. <laughs> oh, it's not emergence. It's not birth. It's not gestation. It's not any of those. It is not the wholeness. Is it remembering an embodiment? And I'll show you the book I'm looking. Yes. So as of next week, she will come into the remembering and embodiment phase, uh, which is a phase that lasts approximately uh, 163 days, five and a half months. So we're, she's about to bust out and be seen by us in the evening as the evening star for the next five and a half months. But right now she's just in that rebirthing phase. And for those of you who are always interested in where I get my stuff, this is uh, Adam Gainsburg, The Light of Venus, Embracing Your Deeper Feminine, Empowering Our Shared Future. It's a very interesting book. I don't know that it is, I think it's good general consumption kind of material. I don't think he goes way off into astro speak that you would get lost too much. So if you want more, if you're interested more in Venus and the phases that she goes through, then certainly that is a good book to take a look at. There's also another one by Ariel Gutman. Um, she is the one that gives Pia Orlean of the Pleiadian calendar inspiration. So I, I have her book on Kindle as well. She goes, she and Adam, they have similar thoughts around Venus and her cycle. So it's interesting to see from the masculine perspective, um, tapping into the feminine, but also from the feminine perspective, tapping into uh, the, the wisdom of Venus's feminine energy. So Venus in rebirth, what can we expect? Well, I think in some ways, now this may not be the phase that you were born in. In fact, it probably isn't. It was only, it's only ever an eight day phase. If you were born with Venus in this phase, you're a rarity because only a certain percentage of the population could be born in that particular eight day period. So for most of us, this is a collective experience of this rebirth phase. So every one of us as a part of society are in that rebirthing phase, the changing face of our society, of our culture, of our countries, our communities, of our families are embodied in this particular phase. So take a look at what is rebirthing here. And this is distinctly feminine energy. This is reconnecting with that feminine aspect of yourself. Remember, the feminine is receptive. It's more in, um, inward working. It is more um, uh, in the uh, space of allowing, right? It's not masculine. It's not pushing out. It is bringing in. It is holding close something uh, probably to be reborn here shortly. So all of us in some way may be holding space for something to be reborn. And you know, that just occurs to me. I want to look and see now where she is in human design. So we can interweave this little story um, in our human design today is what is today? 14th, I knew that uh, Venus is uh, today newly into the gate 16. That's an interesting gate for her to be on um, during this phase. So she's only here for four of those eight days. 
but the gate 16 sits on the throat center. And we call it in, in traditional human design, it's the gate of enthusiasm. It's the gate that speaks from excitement or manifests from passion, from a place of deep knowing of one's worth and one's knowledge and one's cap capacity to share their message with the world in an enthusiastic way. So for the first four of those eight days, she will be in that gate. And then she moves toward the gates uh, 35, which is also on the throat center. Um, the gate 35 is um, a gate that we sometimes think of as uh, the Jack or the Jill of all trades. It's a, it's a very experiential gate, meaning that this is someone that this gate prompts us to share of our experiences, right? Not to be jaded by the experiences that we've had, not to become, um, you know, disappointed about the experiences that we've had, but to look at the highest and best of the experiences that we've had. So Venus taking us through a process then of remembering some truths about our experiences, whether they've been good ones or bad ones, right? We could just say 2020 was not necessarily a good year. But if we're going to follow this trail, then what we would have to look at is what were the what's the beauty of having come through that? What did we learn from that? What can we take from the experience of uh, those things that have happened? And how do we apply that to a new way of being in life, right? So that's Venus in her rebirth phase. But today is also the day that Mercury moves into the shadow of his next retrograde. So he starts, he embarks on the shadow zone, which is that two and a half or so weeks before the retrograde itself. The retrograde itself occurs on May 29th. And from now until that date, we're actually getting the sort of foreshadowing of what this Mercury retrograde will be about for us. And of course, Mercury's in Gemini and Venus is in Gemini. So we have cohorts here, right? We have two inner planets. Uh, one representing our values, uh, love and our relationships, the other one representing our minds and what we talk about, how we communicate. They're both in Gemini and they're both highly activated at this point in time. And so Mercury into the shadow zone, just be prepared, right? Things may go awry. Things may go wonky. There may be, you know, communication snafus, transportation snafus, uh, all kinds of things happen. Back up your computers, you know, do your due diligence, do the things you know you're supposed to do. Uh, but it's not particularly a bad time. You know, I think Mercury in the shadow sometimes um, gives us an in to what we might need to be focusing on. So be looking for that. And then when we look at the Pleiadian Earth energy right now, we are at two transcending but that means we've just entered into a new 13-day week or spiral of consciousness. We've just moved into the energy of one moving. Moving energy is restless. It's a restless 13-day period of time. And remember, this is the overlighting energy or the umbrella energy for the whole of the 13 days. It's the, the one that we look to for the wisdom about what is it we're here to learn in this 13-day period. And it's about the potential for movement, for change, right? For um, moving in a new direction. So it's a time for new discoveries, for new ideas, 
for new inspiration kind of follows along with the new moon at this particular point in time, but it's also one that doesn't allow you to stay stuck and where you're stuck, you're going to find that's where likely Mercury and Venus are going to bring it home to you about where it is you need to make the changes or where you need to move. There's also potential during this 13 day period for um, secrets to be revealed or uh, what's remained hidden from your consciousness to burst into your consciousness. And uh, that, my friends, is what I have been experiencing the, these last few days. Actually, no, this all happened this morning while I was putting on my makeup in order to come to the broadcast. As just as I, you know, I sit at my, my computer on these mornings and I'm putting together what the transits are, what do I want to share, what's downloading, if you will, to me. And so I, you know, I have my form, you know, my paper here where I'm writing all my notes on about what I want to talk about. And just as I got up from my seat to move into the bathroom to put on my makeup, I swear it was like a watershed moment, right? These are the things that happened to me. They probably happen to all of us. I think they do. Sometimes we recognize them and sometimes we don't. And in that moment, um, by the way, this is why my business is called Living Astrology, because it's about living. It's about how our chart, should we choose to look at it, because <laughs> that's always the key, um, should we choose to even, you know, take that next step and really understand who we are through that chart or through those planets or the archetypal energies that are potentially there for us, um, then we understand what life is all about. We understand what we're living. And I had such a moment as that this morning, as I realized, first of all, I have been in a space of unbeknownst to all of you, because I don't talk much about this kind of stuff in my own life, because first of all, I don't have the words to put to it, but I'd been suffering over the last several weeks about what to do. Uh, who am I? There was this real deep sense of not knowing who I am. And even though I know who I am, so I know that sounds like a, a conundrum and it really is, but uh, one that many of you may have had, you know, recently yourselves where you really know who you are, but then are you really living who you are? Uh, are you really, you know, coming out of the glare, if as it were, of or out of the hiding spaces to really be you? And the one thing I hadn't done during this whole period of time is look at my own chart. If I had, if I had, I would have known exactly what was going on. And I could tell you that likely it was the perfect day for me to discover that I have Pluto sitting in Capricorn at 26 degrees, exactly opposite of my ascendant at 26 degrees of Cancer. And what I realized this morning in that it is a powerful call to transform out of the hidden, the descendant, as you'll recall, when we talked about the houses in astrology, is the dividing line to the seventh house. And it's a place that is uh, more hidden from us, where all we can see is the reflection, right, through the people around us, through our relationships. So the mirror is the descendant. The ascendant is, uh, is you, is your personality, is your point of view is your, um, your, the way that you interact with the world. 
So having a powerful planet like Pluto sitting in the most hidden, the most sensitive hidden spot of my chart and putting it in opposition to my ascendant is exactly the definition of what I've been going through, transforming those hidden aspects of myself. But what I was seeing in the mirror was where I, how do I even say this, where I was not being true to myself or where, where I was seeing everybody else doing something better than I could do and then beating myself up for it. And then what in true cancer fashion was happening is I wanted to withdraw. I wanted to hide. I, that's a, my 12th house son wants to hide, wants to pull away, wants to get back into, you know, hidden places. And unfortunately for me, Saturn is also sitting under Pluto in my chart right now. Not exact though. It, my natal Saturn sits at 28 Capricorn. And right now Pluto is at 26 degrees of Capricorn and he's in retrograde. So these are things that are old coming back up for me in my life. So all of us, by the way, have Pluto at 26 degrees of Capricorn opposing cancer in your natal chart, whether you have planets there or not, the transiting Pluto is triggering cancer for us, right? So the places where we feel vulnerable, the places where we need that connectedness, the places where we are moody, the places where we are having to become aware of our emotions and how we use our emotional energy. So that very powerful transit forming for me, unbeknownst to me, even though I should have known, uh, is the clue that I needed today for my own personal rebirth, right? Venus in the rebirth phase. <laughs> I can't, I cannot make this stuff up. I can't make this up. We are living this, right? We live this. I just get the opportunity to sometimes be able to use my own experiences, my own chart to be able to. Um, bring this to you. Now, something else is happening in my own chart that I wasn't aware of. I think I knew it, but it just sort of was going in one ear and out the other, is that my own natal Venus is at 12 degrees of Taurus, which means our friend, my friend Uranus, who's at 12 degrees. Let's see, where is Uranus today? 11 degrees, 25 minutes of Taurus is bullet burn to my natal Venus. And what is natal Venus in our chart where our own self-love is, where our own self-worth is, where we are um, having to really live uh, from, from our feminine side, from, you know, being allowing and uh, finding our, our resource base, what fills us up, what passion do we have and how do we share that? In my case, it's in the 11th house. So how do I share that with the world? Well, I do that this way, right? And then when this came under attack on Wednesday with those freaking trolls, it sent me reeling. But now in retrospect and having gone inward, albeit for a short time, uh, I see that it was a call for me to be more self-loving, to, to really claim my self-worth, that my worth does not lie outside of me, that it lies within me. And that's the same message for all of you. Right now, Uranus is moving through Taurus. So no matter whether you have your Venus in Taurus or not, Venus is the ruling planet for Taurus. So it affects your natal Venus. Even if you don't think so, it does. 
right? So we're all learning to come into closer connection to our passions, right? To what it is that we're here to share with our world. And I, I feel blessed at this moment in time to be able to share that with you, even though it came out of my own blindness and that unbeknownst to you for the last few weeks, this has just been a big thing that I've been moving through. But it gives us the opportunity to understand how powerful astrology, human design, Pleiadian earth energy, uh, Mayan calendar, uh, all of these different uh, disciplines are in helping us to find our truth. All right. That is it for me today. Um, I will see you on Monday morning. Have a blessed weekend. Stay at home with your family. Do what you love. Be with the people you love. Uh, maybe do some journaling. Maybe do some discovery work. What makes you tick? Where is your beauty? Where is your truth? That's it. Take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.